0: The following audio is from Grace Fellowship of Westerville. To learn more about our church, please visit our website at www.gracefcwesterville.org. So, we talked about Nehemiah, rebuilding of the walls and how they work together. And actually, if men, if you think about it, it's kind of somewhat we did yesterday, right? Everybody had their own part, nobody was complaining, everybody was doing something not pulling out weeds, somebody who was working with wheelbarrows. So we talked about how Nehemiah fixed his focus. He got his purpose. What is it that God wanted him to do? He also got his facts and so on and fulfilled his function. Then when they were done, they said, bring the book. They wanted to hear from God's word. And before we start today, let me ask you a question. If you could ask the Lord Jesus Christ to do anything for you, you can ask him to do anything for you what would it be would it be to know his word in and out if you're a preacher maybe to preach better if you are a teacher maybe to teach better what would it be if you're in business to be a better leader all of those are good but the men upon whose shoulders rested the initial responsibility of spreading christianity to the world they came to jesus with one supreme request they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. And prayer is a secret weapon that we Christians have. And I described it before. It's like an intercontinental, like it's a missile. It's, it could be fired from anywhere, from any spot on the earth. I can fire it from here, from here. You can fire it from there. He travels on detected speed of light. I don't know how far away heaven is or many heavens, seventh heaven, ninth heaven, but it gets there very quickly. It hits the target every time, and Satan has no defense against prayer. There's no anti-prayer missile that he has, but we also have to realize that this weapon oftentimes has delayed detonation. Now, the Lord, we say sometimes, wait haven't you heard my prayer? He has. It hit the target. So sometimes the answers are delayed. Now this weapon is a wonderful weapon, but we fail to realize that prayer is actually the greatest privilege that we have as Christians. Is prayer. You're communicating with God. But one of the greatest failures that we have in our lives is also associated with this area of prayer. All of us have spare tires in the car, right? Did you think about your spare tire this morning when you were driving to work? I doubt it. But it's kind of there if you need it, right? When you're, you're in a jam to get you out of the jam. And that's what prayer has become to us in our lives. You know, it's easy to forget about it until you're really needed to get you out of the jam. You know, a pastor was talking to a little kid and he said, do you say your prayers at night? Said, yes, I do. He said, oh, Good. Do you say your prayers in the morning? He says, No, I'm not scared of the daylight. And that's what's many, many of us, that's the issue. We're not scared when everything's going smoothly. But one of the things we need to do is learn how to pray. A Christian, you need to realize a Christian can prays all the time, can really do anything. Because the prayer does anything God can do. And God can do anything. God can do anything. If you, if, it's really a link between our lives and God, is the prayer life. And if you think back to the first sermon that we gathered back, our text was in 2 Chronicles 7.14, it said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, humble themselves, but then he says, pray and seek my face. It says we need to do something. And we're talking about a praying church today. Now, I'll ask you a question. Is Grace Fellowship Church a praying church? Oh, actually, really, it's the wrong question to ask. The correct question is, are you a praying Christian? Because really, a church is just the composition of all of us together. So we need to ask ourselves, am I a praying Christian? And the greatest problems in our life is not unanswered prayers. It's unasked prayers. It's unasked prayers. And the Bible says in James 4, 2, remember back to our study, it says you don't have because you don't ask. But our main text for today will be Matthew 7, verses 7 through 8. Look with me, if you will, and it says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who seeks receives, and he who seeks finds and him who knocks, it will be opened. Here's one of the greatest promises from God to those who belong to him. Those that are his children, those are citizens of his kingdom. You know, contrary to public, popular opinion, this does not apply to everybody. It's only for a child of God. You have to have a relationship first. You know, second, we must be living in obedience. Sometimes we view prayer as a vending machine. We put some quarters in and expect something to get back. But if you look at 1 John 3.22 says this, Whatever we ask, we receive from him. Why did they receive from him? Because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. Men, ladies, you're going to love this one. Are you honoring your wives? Are you leading your families in prayer? Look at what 1 Peter 3.7 says, Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding. giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. My wife holds that against me all the time. She said, you've got to be nice to me. Your prayers ain't going to be answered. Number three, we have to have a selfless motive in asking. If you look at James 4.3, it says, You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. All you want to do is fulfill your own desire. If that's the motive of your prayer, God's not going to answer that. So to ask, you have to be a child of God, you have to be an obedient child of God, and be a selfless child of God. And finally, you have to submit to His will. Our prayers have to be submitted to His will. If you look at 1 John 5, uh, verses 14 and 15, it says, Now this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. According to His will, He hears us. And if know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we ask of Him. So this is not a blank check. There's conditions that need to be made. And one of the things I think that we need to ask, seek, and knock on in this country, in this, in this congregation, all over the world, is his wisdom. His wisdom. And James 5:15 5, 5 says, if you, any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Now, these are not my words. These are God's words. Remember last sermon? Did you settle that question that the word of God is the word of God? The whole Bible is the word of God? So I want to etch on our hearts today these three words, ask, seek, and knock. You see, ask speaks of our desires. Seeking speaks of direction, and knocking speaks of determination. So, and really, these are commands. See, they're not suggestions nor considerations. These are orders. And I want us to learn these words, and I want us to understand they are from Jesus, and they are a promise. And folks, you know kind of studying for this, I realized that I don't have a, we don't really have a failure in life that is not a prayer failure. I don't have the need that a proper prayer could not supply. And First Samuel 12, 23 says this, really it's, if we don't pray, it's really a form of a sin. Moreover, it's for, for, for me that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. He's saying it's a sin, and our Lord Jesus Christ in Mark fourteen thirty eight says, "Watch in prayer, lest you enter into temptation." A lot of times we start praying when we are knee deep in temptation, right? But it says you need to pray beforehand. So when everything is nice and sunny, that's when we tend to lose track. That's when we need to start praying. And prayerless life is really another form of wickedness. Like I said, it's a life that lives so proudly, it lives independently of God. It says, I don't need God. And I believe that the prayer is the greatest unused, untapped energy in the world, especially in churches today. And the reason behind our spiritual poverty is prayerlessness. Prayerlessness. And may God help you to pray, God help me to pray, so this church will be a praying church. Now, when I was studying, the other question I had came to mind. <laughs> why does God ask us to pray? Why does God ask us to pray? You ever think about that? It's a good question. I mean, God is good. He wants good. He's all-knowing. Doesn't He know everything? So why should we pray? If you go back to Matthew 6, and verses 7 through 8, it says, And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions, as he didn't do, but for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. So why do we pray? Well, it says do not use vain repetition. So obviously we don't pray to impress God. He's not going to hear because much of our speaking, of how beautiful our words are. You don't have to be a junior-sized Shakespeare in order to pray you know, with those little flowery phrases. phrases. So we don't pray to impress God. If our earthly child can come to, our, to us and just speak to us normally in an everyday language, we can do that too. He's not impressed by our vocabulary or our poetry. Then we don't pray to inform God, for your father knows the things you have a need before you ask him. So though you don't pray to instruct God. You're not going to be told able to tell God what to do. Prayer is not some way where we bend God's will to fit our will. Prayer is finding the will of God and getting into it. So why do we pray if it's not for those reasons? We pray to invite God in our lives and delight in the Lord. As Psalm 1 says, delight in the Lord. See, a prayer is a way of God has abiding himself to us and us to him. Now, if we were to meet all of, if God was to meet all your needs, all the time, without you praying, what would happen to you? Would you ever ever reach out to God? Would you even see how He's doing? No, because all your all your prayers are met. So that's why the Bible says you have not, because you have not asked. God loves us so much, folks, that we need to understand that we are workers together with Him. And God loves us so much that he gives us the privilege of participating in his kingdom's work through prayer. Now, we need to understand, God can work without our prayers, but we cannot work without God. It is prayer that causes us to depend on him. Now, he will do it without, without us, but we can't do it without him. Um, in, in, in Jesus said in uh, John fifteen seven, he said, If you abide in me, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Now, I want to look at three factors. What I'm calling the three factors. The first one is the ask, the ask factor, which is the desire. And in Mark 11:24 says, "Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them." Again, the reason we often don't get the things from God, it's very simple. We don't ask. And the Bible contains many admonitions for us to pray. The Lord Jesus taught his disciples to pray. The church was born out of a prayer meeting. So when, we are, when our prayer is wrong, our Christian life will be wrong. God wants you to tell him the desires, not just the big ones, the little ones. And, and let me ask you, say, is there anything too big for God? Anything. You can bring him everything because anything you bring to God is little to him. It's little to him. God's interested so much, he knows how many hairs on your head. You know, we read in the Bible where uh, he knows the sparrows. He attends the funeral of a sparrow. Uh, So you can ask him. And heaven is full of answers to the prayers that were never asked. Don't get the idea you can ask God for spiritual things, but you can't ask for material things either. Don't get that idea. You can ask him for sacred things and secular things. And I can't imagine the Lord Jesus Christ dividing his life just between sacred and secular. When you're saved, every day is a holy day. Every place is a sacred place. And look at the steering prayer of Jabez here in 1 Chronicles 4.10, talking about asking for secular things. And Jabez called upon God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain so God granted him what he requested he said I want more but the reason he wanted more is to do more for God but he expressed his desires to God and if you have something that you want to ask God even if it's secular ask him well you say well what if God doesn't want me to have it tell God about it tell him I had to tell God, God, I want something you don't want me to have. You see, the problem is, he already knows. It's not like he doesn't know. It's like, oh, I'm not going to tell him about this. He won't know that I want it. You're not going to be surprising, God. You just say, Lord, here's a desire in my heart. I'm not quite certain if it's your will. I'm not quite certain maybe it's not your will at all. Fix my wanter. I had a separate one just the other day. It spiked up again. I had it, I prayed it, and it disappeared. But then one of my friends had to get a Jeep Wrangler Rubicon, which I always wanted, but I know I don't need it. But it's nice, shiny, and black, big tires. She texts me some pictures of it. I'm going to my wife, like, hey, can I get it? <laughs> I know deep inside it's not a desire I want. God fixed my wanter. Bring your desires to God. Tell God what you want, and He will hear that prayer. Now, the responsibility is on us for asking, but it's God's responsibility to answer those prayers, to give. You know, to give. And understand this in our prayers, the reason it's so important in Christian life, because Satan cannot keep God from answering. But He'll try to stop you from asking. He'll try to stop you from asking. And we know when we do ask, we need to be prepared. For the answer. Sometimes when God answers, the answer can be direct. We ask and God gives. Sometimes we answer is different. We ask and God gives us something else or is different than we expected. And sometimes the answer is delayed. We ask what God wants to give us something, but he makes us wait. And one of the greatest stories in the Bible is Hannah's desire to have a son. She was a barren and called unto the Lord in prayer, and God answered her prayer right there. If you look at 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 11 through 12, says, Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look at the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your, your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. And what's the next phrase? And it happened as she continued praying before the Lord. And she named her son Samuel, which means, ask God. Samuel was a constant testimony that God, God gives us desire, the answer to our desires, as a result of a prayer. In my personal life, I had many prayers that were answered, you know, directly. You may think it's coincidence, but not. Just last week, see at Ohio Health, our fiscal year runs from July through June. So this is the end of the year for me and beginning of the new one. So we're kind of extremely busy. And Stella does great impressions of me of being on the phone. And I mean, literally, if you look at my calendar from 8 o'clock in the morning till 6 p.m., it's calls, 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 not even a lunch break. So, and I'm looking at this calendar and I say, God, I got a sermon to prepare to. I got things to do at home. I want to be at this men's cleaning up thing. I want to be there with them. I got just so much to do, and I don't have time. And as I sat there, I get meeting canceled, meeting canceled, meeting canceled. And folks, not that it freed up all this time, but it gave me breathing room to do other things. Another time, I always borrowed my dad's dump truck. I went to Menards. This is when we first bought our house and I loaded up that sucker because my front yard looked like a war zone. I had lumber, brick, everything on it. And I get in the car and the car don't start. It don't start. There's no AC, it's hot out. Turn the key again, nothing. So I put my mechanic skills to the test. I opened up the hood. The engine's still there. I don't know what's wrong. A man walking by says, hey, you need some help. I say, yeah, doesn't want to start. He's like, well, I'm a mechanic. Let me get some tools down, and I'll pull around. He pulls around, does his test, checks the batteries, all that stuff. And it says, it's your alternator. You need to replace the alternator. And I'm like, okay, now I got to pull truck full load of stuff I've got to get the truck towed you know my wife and stella went inside the store because it's nice and cool inside there and i'm just sitting there i put my hands on the wheel and i said god i know you're the great physician but i need you to be a great mechanic And i just sat there for 30 seconds looking out the window and i just put the key in just one more time Vroom. i ran into that store like, tell my wife, let's go. She's like, how did you get it fixed? I try to pretend like I was a hero. I got it taken care of. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> but I'm like, the true thing is, is like, you better get in the car because we got to go before it stops again. But we used that truck here uh, yesterday with the men's work group. And guess what? It broke yesterday. That's why it's parked out there. But that's not my problem anymore, pops, that's yours. <laughs> See, God does give us answer directly. You may say coincidence, but I know better. But sometimes we ask and we don't receive. What do you do? That's what the word seek there for. We seek so we can find. So the next factor is the direction factor. Seek and expect direction from God. Now, if you ask God for something, you don't get it, ask yourself, why didn't I get it? Maybe you're asking for the wrong thing. Again, if you look back at James 4, 3, it says, Ask and do not receive because you ask and miss, and you may spend it on your own pleasures. God is too good to give us the wrong thing. And so we need to pray until God directs us, expect direction. Apostle Paul is a great example of that. If you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 through 9, it says this. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord Three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, mostly glad, I will rather boast in my infirmities than that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So Paul had a prayer session. God didn't answer it. He had another prayer session. God didn't answer it. He prayed a third time. God didn't answer, but he did give him an answer. It was not an answer he asked for, right? He asked for the thorn to be removed, but God said, Paul, i got a better plan for you. I'm going to leave it there, but I'm going to give you extraordinary power. I'm going to let my strength rest upon you. Paul said, well, praise the Lord. He didn't say, what can't be cured must be endured. He said, I'm just going to enjoy this. He said, I take pleasures in what God has done for me. Paul was seeking. Now, you may be sincere in your prayer, but God may not want him to give you the exact same or exactly what you're asking for, exactly what the details, because he has something better for you. My wife is here, I used this example before I got in trouble. I thank God for unanswered prayers. And the reason that is, is because if he answered all my prayers, I would have married the wrong woman. I would have married the wrong girl. Seeking means we pray for something and do not give up, but look around, truly seek if it's at God's will. So when you pray, remember there's a desire factor, express your desires to God regardless. Remember the direction, seek the expect direction from God. Our prayers must be in accordance with the will of God for the simple reason, folks, that God knows what's better for us than we know ourselves. And the third factor is the knocking factor. It's exercise determination with God. Now, sometimes you ask God, he gives you a direct answer. Sometimes you ask God, he gives you a different answer. And sometimes you knock and knock, and God's answer is delayed, or you feel like he's not hearing you. And God wants to answer your prayer, folks, but God delays some of the answers in our prayers. We need to understand there's some closed doors that need to be, uh, can be only opened when we have persistent prayers in our lives. So he says, ask, seek, and knock. If you think about it, all of those things are in present tense. You are to be continually knocking, asking, and seeking. A lot of us just pray for something once and we just expect something, oh, and must, he didn't care, and we quit and we quit. Many times we just utter a little prayer, and we have no follow-up. The Lord Jesus said in uh, Luke 18:1, he says, then he spoke a parable to them and said that men always ought to pray. Why are we always ought to pray? Consistent, asking, seeking, knocking. Why? And not lose heart. Because the answer might be delay. And that's a lot of us, we tend to lose heart because we're not getting something. We're not getting even a different answer. But let me give you an illustration of this. If you look at Luke chapter 11, verses 5 through 9, it says this, And he said to them, Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, let me three loaves of breath, uh, three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me, the door, is now, the door is now shut, and my children are with, in, with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he, he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Doesn't sound like Matthew 7, 7, 8. Here's an illustration of knocking. See, in the Middle East, there is no Motel 6 or Holiday Inns. And if you're a traveler, you have a friend in town, you can stop by his house, and he's obligated to take you in. Now, this man at a friend, unexpected visitor. He doesn't have anything to give him, so he's embarrassed. So he goes to his neighbor and says, hey, give me some bread. He says, Johnny, do you know what time it is? Said, yeah, but I need three loaves of bread. Man, you crazy. Go away. I need some bread, man. I'm already in bed. The children are in bed. If, you, if the dog starts barking, man. But he he persistently asks for it. So he finally gets up, opens his complicated locks, and says, take this bread. Go away, man. I need to go get some sleep. Now, what Jesus is saying, God is like that neighbor. No, he's not saying that. He's not saying he's like that neighbor. You missed the point. What Jesus is saying is a man, because of his persistence, will give his friend bread. Now, how much more will your heavenly father answer if you persist? He's not saying God is a careless, unconcerned neighbor, but he is saying that we need to learn to persist. That's the idea. And when we knock, we keep on knocking. Keep on knocking. God wants us to search for him with all of our heart. In Jeremiah 29, 12, 13, it says, Then I will call; you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you searched for me with all your heart. So you might be asking, seeking, finding, but you're not doing it with all your heart. But trust me, when you're knocking on the doors, you're doing it with all your heart. God wants us to pray, not only in His will, but God wants us to pray with all of our heart. Jesus also stole a story. It's in, we're not going to look at it, but it's in Luke chapter 18. Uh, Talked about a widow. She didn't have anybody to stand up for her, and, you know, she was cheated financially and so forth, and she went to the unjust judge. Do you remember that story? And, you know, the judge didn't fear God or man, and she continued going to him, going to him, and she just says, hey, I will avenge you just so you can leave me alone. That's another illustration of persistent, knocking. And what was Jesus saying in that parable? God is like that unjust judge? No. It works in the world. It will work spiritually. Keep knocking. Persistence. And there was a story that I will read with you about a Canaanite woman. And she had a daughter that was demon possessed. If you look at Matthew chapter 15, verses 22 through 28, and it says this And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, "'Send her away, for she cries out after us.'" So she's being pretty persistent there. But he answered and said, "'I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel.'" Then she came and worshipped him, saying, "'Lord, help me.'" But he answered and said, "'It's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs.'" she being kind of rude, maybe? But let's keep reading. And then she said, "'Yes, Lord.'" Yet even little dogs eat the crumbs that fall off from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. They say she went away first time. Oh, God didn't want nothing. And the disciples said, Send her away. But she kept coming. She kept and worshipped him. And then he started dialogue because she was seeking with all her heart. She says, Lord, have mercy on my daughter. She's possessed by the devil. And he first starts out, he says, I didn't come to you. I come to the Israel. You guys are Gentiles. You're dogs. She would say, well, some Messiah he is, some loving person he is. I've never been treated so rudely in my life. But she didn't turn and go away. She said, you're right, Lord. I am Gentile. Donk. She humbled herself. She was seeking for help with all her heart. But Jesus was trying to teach her persistent prayer. And look what he says to her. He went from saying a Gentile dog, He said, oh, woman, great is your faith. And she's a Gentile. Can you The woman had her prayer answered and her daughter was Deliver from demons. Think of Jacob. Think of Jacob. Remember that one night he was lonely seeking peace, seeking meaning of life. And the Bible says that the angel came and he wrestled. The Lord, you know, the angel pounced on him. You know, I can't imagine sleeping in the wilderness, and then angel just decking you from the back or something like that, coming and attacking you. But I want to see what he says there. Because the Bible says they wrestled all night, and I think the fight was fixed because. Come on now, the angel could have knocked them out anytime. time. But in Genesis 32, 26, it says, and he said, this is the angel, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. We knew the angel had more power. But Jacob said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And folks, let me say this. There has been many children brought into the kingdom of God because the mom or dad would not give up praying. Great revivals have been a result of prolonged and persistent prayers. Let me share a story with you it's from my own family-in-law's side, of course. When my wife and I were dating, we were engaged, lived out in California, and every day after Sunday service, we would go over to her grandparents' house. They lived across the street. He had Alzheimer's. She was in bad health, so sometimes they couldn't make it. And the funny thing is, I must share this, he would always remember who I was, but he never remembered his own granddaughter. One day, he leaned into my ear and said, Cornet, it's not nice to bring a new girl here every Sunday. You need to settle down. But they come from a big family. The grandma and grandma have 13 children, kids. And one of their sons, my wife's uncle, he lived in their garage. He was not a godly man. You rarely saw him sober, divorced, bad relationship with his son. And at times he would walk in and just cause a stir, you know, say you Christians think you're better than everybody else and so forth, and to just go back to his garage. And I could see tears in grandma and grandpa's eyes. And they said, We're praying. All we can do is pray. We pray every day that before we leave this earth, he will be saved. Well, the grandpa passed. No change. It got even worse. And I believe six months later, the grandma passed. And then he kind of disappeared. Neither of them saw their son get saved. But remember when I said prayers like a missile with delayed detonation? Folks, the bomb went off. The bomb went off. And talk about a transformation that happened to this man. today I call him my brother in Christ. He got saved, remarried, restored a relationship with his son. (laughs) Very, very kind man. Sometimes even... It's embarrassing for me to be around him. He's very nice. And I firmly believe God continued to answer the prayers of his people even after he has taken them to heaven. Folks, never forget that God isn't bound by time. He's not bound by time like we are. We only see the present moment. God sees everything. We see part of what he is doing. He sees it all. So sometimes you ask, you seek. You have to knock. Keep knocking. Keep knocking. Because God does business with those that mean business. If you believe, keep knocking. Don't give up. Again, answer may be direct, different or delayed. And what does God want for Grace Fellowship Church? I believe he wants our church to be a praying church. Because that's the secret ingredient. We have the word of God. But remember how they said, bring the word of God, Ezra. He read it to them. Then those people were explaining it to them. And what happened? they were praying there was weeping and then there was rejoicing through prayer so when do we stop knocking when do we stop seeking when we stop asking we stop when we have the answer in your hand or in your heart if you don't keep praying because eventually god will answer now may god may say no because he loves you too much to give to you what you're asking for if you think back to our emotional series, if you, when we talked about depression, I don't know if you guys can remember that far, but remember the biblical greats? We had Moses, we had Jonah, Elijah, who we'll talk about in part two. They all wanted God to kill them. They were so depressed, they came to a point, they said, God, kill me now. God said, I'm not going to answer your prayer. I have something better for you. And until you have the answer in your hand, Sometimes the answer is no. If God says no, praise him, folks. He knows what he's doing. Heavenly Father knows the things you need before you even ask him. But prayer teaches us to communicate, fellowship with God, and trust and seek God more than than we ever have. And what God's holding us back, the reason he holds back sometimes, so we keep coming to talk to him, to share him with him more and more, just a Father, I long for conversations with my daughter. Right? Sometimes you have to go and start a conversation with them and get annoying. Like, why are you asking me all these questions? But God does not, he's not, he might not give immediately. That's why we patiently keep coming into his presence, waiting and hoping what he has promised us. And what has he promised us? And Matthew 21, says, And whatever things you ask in prayer, believe you will receive it in 1st John 5:14-15 again now this is the confidence that confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us and if we know he hears us whatever we ask we know that he will have petitions to that what we have asked him of prayer teaches us to love god it teaches us to love our father more and more prayer on our end demonstrates how deeply we trust god if you if you're if you're son and daughter never seeks your advice, never comes to you for anything, wouldn't you think there's something wrong with that relationship? Maybe they're not trusting in you. Maybe they don't care what you have to say. Same with with God. We have to come to him. And, you know, a person uh, who comes and has a prayer life, and I'm not talking about you have to get up in the morning, pray for an hour. It's no, I don't do that. I'll be honest with you. But I'm constantly praying. We were walking around yesterday. I had my earphones on. Mike asked me what those things were. But I was listening to sermons. I was praying while I was working. So you have to have that prayer. But there are certain prayers as well where we have to go in a room, lock the door, and do a lot of knocking. Do a lot of knocking. So I'll end with this question. Are you a praying Christian? Not Grace Fellowship Church, but are you a praying Christian? And if we're honest, friends, we all need to brush up on our prayer, praying fervently, specifically, consistently, and the reason I want to take two Sundays to talk about prayer, because I want our church to be a miracle, folks. I want it to be only explained fact that god did it not us not somebody else god i want people to look at our church and say only god could have done that only god could have done that and i want our church to be a praying church that means you have to be a praying christian amen, amen. let's pray lord we humble a heart before you thank you for your words and prayer that spoke to my heart And Father, I ask that you help us examine our own hearts and lives and see if we're praying Christians. How much time throughout the week do we actually spend praying? Teach us to pray, Lord, so we can be a praying church. And Father, I pray for everything that's going on in the world, especially this country. I pray for our leadership. I pray for our locals and federals and our president. And Father, send us your peace. Send us your comfort, and let this hectic times be a wake-up call for those that are seeking you. They might not be fully aware that you exist. Father, I pray for friends, family members, not just mine, also for the many that are sitting here, that you penetrate their hearts with your Holy Spirit, that they know and come to you and know you as personal Savior. Father, as we leave this house, I ask that your grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.